Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of Men From Moto. This is KYT, uh, this time only with Josh because we're the only two that went to GP Boston. Kenji lives on the uh, West Coast, so uh, probably couldn't uh, afford the crazy expenses price to fly all the way to Boston. But uh, Josh, you made it out, right? Yeah, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Um. I do want to first, okay, before we go on, to thank everyone on DraftMagic.com that has left amazing amount of feedback. I, I'm surprised that, uh, how nice, I, I keep saying that, I said that last episode, but uh, the guys you have there are really nice, Josh, a great group of guys. Yeah, I, I, they're, they're less nice on the comments in the video sometimes, but <laughs> once in the forum, they're all awesome. <laughs> um, so... Let's let's get right down to it. How did you do at GP Boston? Well, I started off great. Uh, I have no buys, right? Like I don't I don't play quite enough uh, paper to to get those buys. I tried the trials and lost in the finals a few weeks ago and stuff. But yeah, anyway, no buys. But I I went. I started off six and one, and then heartbreakingly lost my last two rounds to just barely miss the cut. But I, I mean, I feel like that six and three is still pretty good pretty good record i'm pretty happy with it mm-hmm. okay so uh tell us tell us what was your reaction the moment you got past you know the sealed deck that you were going to build with um i thought it was it was a, it was a solid deck uh i was like i don't think i could have hoped for a better like obviously you hope for the complete stone cold <laughs> nuts but <laughs> um like you know the first thing you want to do is you, you want to hope that you're not you're not just past the most like unplayable garbage you've ever seen and then beyond that it was it was it was above average i'd say i was happy it had most of the tools you want it had a few bombs it had some removal maybe not quite as much as i would have liked um but you know it, it had and it was i was able to play only two colors which is something i wanted to to try to do in in a nine round tournament um especially in this format with all the like double mana casting costs and all the powerful cards or most of them so i mean i was happy with my pool um and i was confident i was going to be able to at least give myself a shot at uh getting through the day and that's that's what happened so uh yeah want any details (laughs) was there any any uh, so what were your bombs and were there any really tough decisions or, or were the two colors like strictly uh, the stronger of of the five, and he just went with that. All right. Well, I, I mean, I think the the main colors were were fairly clear. Uh, it was green black. My my uh, bombs were predatory rampage, and uh, a chroma's memorial, I guess, um, <laughs> which was absolutely nuts for me. By the way, like it was <laughs> like there were matchups where I literally they would be unwinnable if I didn't have a chroma's memorial. memorial. <laughs> they were just they had no answers. Um, but yeah, so th- those were my two bombs, but I, it was like, I had a really nice curve. I had like two Arbor Elves and the Arshruit, which, which was nice at ramping to my big spells. I had two, uh, Centaur Coursers and then all, all the, the, you know, the regular, the usual suspects in green, like, uh, Primadox, uh, the Sentinel Spider, the Pack Leader. Like I had, I had a nice curve all the way up to the top and a lot of good creatures solid creatures uh, you know and then black was for like murder public execution uh and a few other creatures uh, i mean it, so like my main my main two colors were pretty clear there were some 
options for for splash. Just like I had a Chandra, uh, a Chandra, Chandra. I don't know how to say yeah. it. Whatever. <laughs> but I had her, which was a tempting splash. But I, I mean, I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be great in all the matches. I didn't have like it was really only going to be good if I was taking taking her up. Uh, and like you know, when you're taking her up, you're really hoping you're picking stuff off, or you can protect it really well. And I wasn't confident I can do either of those things. Uh, and I didn't have that. I didn't have nearly enough spells that I can minus two or four. So I didn't think she'd be quite worth it. Like in certain matchups, I would side into her. That was my plan. And I had like uh, I had a couple pacifisms if there were matchups where I wanted more removal. But I, I sort of felt like. They weren't necessary for my main game plan. I wanted to just keep a consistent mana base, especially given the cur- like my my pool's main plan is to just sort of curve out and smash them with big green creatures. So, um, do you have? Did you have like any fixing evolving wilds or or far seek no. to make it even more tempting? No. If I had, if I had either or both, uh, I, I'm almost for sure would have at least put in. Either Chandra or Pacifisms, I think, because like it, it, it certainly would have made my my pool a little bit more power, like my deck a little bit more powerful and a little bit more able to answer certain things uh, if I could, like if I could, I felt I could fit them in without destroying my mana base. But as it was, like I had all these double greens and my blacks, my my black spells were like Murder and Liliana Shade and stuff like that. Like it really, it was really going to strain my mana base. So. Uh, I, I felt like I was, you know, I had the tools to win game game one in in a lot of matchups, and okay. so there was no point in straining, like losing to my my own mana, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to see uh, if 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 you did have the fixing, what what I would do if I would put pacifism on the Chandra. I mean, is it is it really? <laughs> I wonder if it's greedy to think about like you know double murder or double public execution. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean that's that's it's cool. It, it's just like I didn't have like beyond those two spells, like I didn't have, like had predatory rampage. It's cool to make two, I guess, but like you don't at that point you don't really need two of them. It usually just wins you the game. And like I think I would have been pacifism just because yeah. really what the 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 extra thing I think I wanted in my deck was the ability to answer some of those really nasty creatures. I think I agree with you. I would have gone white as well. Um, so overall, on day one, was there anything uh, interesting or, or just you know tight, solid games and, and any particular games you want to talk about or, or things that happened yeah, during day yeah, one? Sure. Actually, I, I have a few things. So one, one is just like uh, the green ring. It sucks. I, I'm done with. I'm done with green. Like, okay, there is no better deck than my deck for green ring. Like, I assure you. Like I had two Arbor Elves, Visionary, all those small green dirtles. I had the big guys that you want to give trample. Green Ring just never did a thing for me. All, all, I, I every time I drew it, I just wished it was something else, and I started citing it out almost <laughs> almost every time. Like for I, I, I mean, I had three plummets in my sideboard, which was an interesting decision. I, I really thought about bring like main decking one of them. I think it was. I think I'm happy I didn't, but. Uh, I anytime it was relevant, I would just ditch the green ring for plummets, and yeah, uh, it was the first thing I said. So that that was one thing. Uh, the other thing was uh, is something I, I you know something I'm going to definitely do the next time I go to one of these. So number one, I'm going to try to goddamn get buys because it was a stupidly long day. 
Um, and shortening even if you had buys it was stupid long oh yeah, yeah no for sure but like just having those <laughs> those like two hours earlier on in the day or three or four i think it was like four hours if you had three buys because it went pretty slowly but like just having that time to look at your look at your deck i wouldn't even do the sleep in special i'd like i'd want to look at my deck really plan things out um for for like because one thing i was really missing was especially and i think this is what hurt me in the later rounds i I didn't have, I never really had a chance to think about, like, what happens in this type of matchup, and what happens in this type of matchup, how am I going to, like, there are certain matchups that I'm going to have a lot of trouble winning in, and, you know, what can I do to my deck to sideboard so that I can, you know, give myself a better chance of winning games two and three, and I, and I like, you know, I, like, in rounds eight and nine, I had my deck just be completely outclassed. It was it was a really tough. Just just not because their decks were that much better than mine. They just paired up very well against what I was doing. And okay. I wish I had a, I wish I had thought of that earlier because because doing it on the fly. Like I, I I knew I had pacifisms, for example, to side into, and I knew I had Chandra. But there was more to it than just that. Like I probably even though it was clearly a worse um a worse deck to to go into a matchup with. I'm sure I could have maybe thought about, you know, maybe even swapping out a color for for another one. Like I wasn't, I didn't have that many black cards. For example, I was very heavy in the green. Like maybe I should have thought about, you know, in certain matchups, maybe my blue's better, or maybe my white's better. So, or even my red. Like, you know, I I I wish I thought about that a little bit more. And then that's definitely something I'm going to do next time because. I think I think I, I didn't do I didn't give myself the best chance to win in, in rounds eight and nine, and I wish I could go back and do those again. Not that I played badly. I don't think I played badly at all. I, I actually I played some pretty good magic, but <laughs> if I do say so myself, <laughs> humble soul bush wine on this podcast. Uh, was there anything else? I know we're gonna talk about day two, but uh, before we move on to that, you know, I probably want to talk about my day one. Yeah, yeah, so we're I still hear about on the same it. topic. Yeah. Um, so anything else? Yeah, a few a few other sure cool things. I, I made some sure, notes go ahead. here. Um, I got like I, it was it was a really I got it was a really good experience overall. Like kind of, like first like round four, I got to play against Paul Rietzel. Uh, obviously, wow, three buys. I didn't even know that. You didn't know that? Yeah, yeah. I got to play. Uh, he, he's a super nice guy. Like it, it was a really it was really fun to play against him, and uh, he crushed me. That was my first loss, but uh, his his deck was actually just bonkers. Um, but, um, actually I, I was close, like game two, he's, he was red black and I had like turn six, a Chroma's Memorial, but he had a stupid Torch Fiend in play and I couldn't find removal for it. So oh. I, yeah, that was, that was rough. But anyway, yeah, no, that was, that was a really cool experience. I got to play against, uh, you know, this guy, uh, Jorge Iramin. So, oh, so this is the guy. This is the guy. Isn't from Puerto Rico. The, the sketchy guy yeah, from yeah, the, yeah, the World Magic Cup? Yeah, yeah. There's like videos of him, and he did the sketchy <laughs> shuffle. It was kind of, it was kind of like I made sure to shuffle. Like he did the whole like hand in the air, like super slide shuffle craziness. But you know what? Like I, I, I think it was kind of innocent. Like I think this is the way he shuffles. I don't think he was trying to cheat me there. <laughs> he seemed actually like a really nice. Like actually, in the second day, I, I actually talked to him a bit. Because he was around for the uh, TCG 1K seal that I did, or whatever. But 
Yeah, I mean, that was, was, I, I totally crushed him, by the way. Like, oh, it was not close. Uh, both games, yeah. It was like a 10-minute match. Anyway, it was cool just to play against, like, these are guys that, like, you know, actually, I've run into them online, some of them, some of the high-profile guys, they, they play a lot online, so I, I cross their paths online once in a while, but to play them in person is a totally different deal, you know? And right. uh, it, was kind of, it was cool just to be surrounded by people, like, uh, round eight, I was sitting next to Conley Woods, uh, these are, and, like, there was a lot of, you know, playful banter, even between our tables, it was, it was cool just to, to meet these people and be around these people. It's something that I've, you know, never had a chance to experience before. Well, obviously, since we've established that uh, you and Kenji don't go out much, you're just, like, in your little corner yeah. motoring all yeah, day, they're, you they're know? they're real people, these guys. <laughs> they're not just, like, screen names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, I mean, that, 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 that pretty much sums up. I was, I, was, I was really disappointed not to make day two, I, I, especially after going six and one. But, you know. It was still a great experience. Yeah, especially since I made day two. Yeah, yeah, we were so like, yeah, we were sitting next to each other. Uh, <laughs> I guess that was round seven. Right, right. I think one, so. And, and then we both, you know, I watched you win, and then eventually I won my match and kept pace with you. And but yeah, after that, it <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to mention uh, going to to my day one that uh, back to your topping on buys is extremely important. This is. Um, you know, I've I've now day two four out of seven, which is way above expectation. If if let's say you're assuming that you know everyone's the same level of skill, then then over fifty percent is actually I'm I'm either really good or or running fairly good on day yeah, one. I think we're at the point where you've proved that you are above <laughs> average at this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a large like I've day twoed three in a row now which is which is really hard but uh going back to the subject of buys you know i credit a lot of it not to my superior play skill but to the fact that i had two or three buys um i had three in my first day two last year gp montreal i had i won a trial got three buys got there uh for gp atlanta a legacy i got three buys made day two got two buys for columbus uh, made day two, got two buys here for Boston, made day two. So you can see the pattern. And once you made day two, you get so many Planeswalker points that you almost, um, as long as you play a few PTQs or, or even two GPs, you're going to lock yourself up for, for two buys for a long time. Like I'm locked for two buys for maybe the next year for, for, for all I know. Um, so, you know, it's really important to get those buys, um, play those trials, uh, do what you can. I try not to play, not the trials that are on the day, uh, before the event, just because I think it's with the exception of limited, um, what happened in Atlanta and Columbus is, was they wouldn't fire that early. People would get in early, but the first one would fire like at two in the afternoon and there wouldn't be, you know, you'd get one or two shots at it and, and that was it. So, um, I would try to get mine earlier or, or just through uh, Planeswalker points. And so me, I don't even have to think about that just because it's been like, like I said, sort of like a domino effect. Yeah, and it's, it, I, I can see just just like midway through the day, like how much of a difference having those those buys can make. Just in, in terms of like your, your you know, how, how focused you can stay and just like you, you need you need a much more reasonable, like let's face it, like, 
even though you're playing against maybe some people who are three and zero that didn't have buys, and you're maybe playing against better decks, better players, or whatever, there's a big difference between having to go what is it four and two, and yeah, then four and seven two. to seven and two. Like seven and two is a yeah. is a pretty tough record to have to make every time you go to a GP. Like yeah, yeah. even with the best deck, yeah. right? Even with the best deck, it's it's a tall order. Yeah. <laughs> um so definitely go get your buys um for me like like Josh also mentioned the the advantage of of thinking of your deck I got a chance to like play a bunch of games against some of my friends who who had buys you know whereas Josh had to go and play his first round and then the second round third round whereas it was getting a lot of games in between um so that's that's also very uh, great so what I open I was fairly happy with what I opened because my deck actually had a just just a game ender uh, in Nephrox. Um, oh, that card. Yeah, I had is... one too. I forgot to mention him. He was good. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Go hey, it sounded like your deck's better than mine. Yeah, continue. <laughs> but that card is absolutely uh, insane, and, and can just just because it's also flying and and can you know block a Sarah Angel, or whatever. Just can even turn the tide. Um, doesn't even have to. Uh, do like really do anything to tilt the battle that doesn't even have to attack sometimes sometimes i just play it there and it just like helps me stabilize right then and there um but uh so what i've learned the most is uh from alex who who looked at my pool when i built it was uh that i didn't really i never think and he said this a lot of times to me when i build seal pools is that i don't really think about the objective of of my deck like what am i trying to do with my deck so it was like the first build i did was just like a jun uh version like green black red with like elvish visionaries um deadly red clues uh one primadox and then we got like the the far end which is a nephrox but the the what alex said was like my green spells they just sort of you know delay the game like you know i'm just elvish visionary and, and like sort of moving the game from an early game to a middle game and late game and which might be good because i just move it to the nephrox phase but then obviously there's other decks that are gonna have more bombs and, and are gonna be more well prepared to take advantage of that late game whether it be staff of nin or, or whatever it is and so he liked um another version uh, of my seal pool better which is black red a very more aggressive version of the deck and which would also allow me to steal wins against better decks and i think um that's a big big thing when you open a pool that's like not that good you want to go all in um i don't know what you think about that josh right yeah no i i I agree like that that's that's one of the things i i wish i looked at you know i looking at my pool afterwards i didn't i never laid it out because it was you know i didn't you know i was moving on after i didn't day two but like I did notice, like I had a couple Mog Flunkies, I had even like Reckless Brute, and I had some other like I, there's there's a chance I could have had a build that was very very aggressive. You know, I had the courses and the Arbrell. Maybe I could have had a green red very aggressive deck, and maybe that maybe that was the direction I should have taken once I found myself outclassed by by the decks I faced in, in rounds eight and nine. And so yeah, that's I, I think it's like I now on on the, as a side note. I saw your, I, I mean, I saw both of your your decks, you know, during the day, uh, during the during the Grand Prix, and uh, I definitely liked your your 
the, the build that you had better going into a match, uh, the green, red, black, uh, I thought your deck was powerful enough that uh, it's okay to have the plan of, of just progressing the game in, in, you know, to your like double Nighthawk and Neferox <laughs> and, you know, you've, right, you've, right. You, had some, you had some powerful stuff. Um, that being said, like there were, there, it was good. To, it, it was definitely uh, good to have that red black deck laid out because you know something like Crimson Muckwaiter can just push through a ton of damage early, and there are some matches where that's going to be huge for you. That's going to help you, uh, as you said, steal seal a win against a, a right. very powerful deck. Yeah, right. I mean, I didn't want to play Walking Corpses, but yeah. Um, Alex convinced me, like, you, you gotta, you gotta have a plan, and that's something, like, I, I never do when I build sealed decks, which is, like, my biggest, my most fatal mistake is just, like, I just try to jam good cards, and you, they have, you have to have some sort of plan. Right, I, a lot right. of the time, your, your plan should be based on what those good cards you jammed into your deck were, like, I think you, I think it's still fine to just start by jamming in the good cards, but then when you start looking at, you know, cards 19 to 23... That's where you start making decisions based on okay, well, what what's the hole in my deck? What's my plan trying to do? Which cards best help me execute that plan? And then, and to a, to a further extreme, like sometimes you start with your powerful cards, you put you know the twenty three cards together, and like, man, this doesn't work <laughs> at all. Like you know, how am I going to beat a grizzly bear? Okay, let's let's go, let's go back to the drawing board and see if you know some other you know. Red black aggro deck might work or something, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You definitely want to have um, a plan. I mean, you have to know what your outs are. You have to know what you're playing towards. You have to know how you expect to win most games. So, I, I yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent with that. And uh, I, I actually uh, played two mine rots in my deck, which I thought were absolutely. Uh, even though John Stern doesn't like mine rot, I guess in this format, they were absolutely crucial. Uh, to my deck, especially in the deck where I felt like I needed to protect Nephorox or protect a mark of the, the vampire guy. Um, like, you know, people are like holding their their removal sometimes, and, and Mindwatch just punishes that. And, you know, I would play too. Right. Mindwatch is really, really good in sealed <laughs> in this format. It's, it's, it's fine as a one of in draft. I, it's so good in sealed uh, in this format, yeah. I think. I, I agree with that. Screw John Stern. No, <laughs> <laughs> John Stern, Pro Tour player, uh, winner Nine of multiple, multiple after day one GP. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about my day two quickly because you know it's not as exciting as your day two. I I ended up going 0-4 <laughs> and I dropped to to be able to make it back to Montreal at a decent time. Um, it w- it was very interesting draft. I mean, my pack one pick one. Uh, it was a decision between Captain of Watch and Flames of the Firebrand. I took Captain because it's a bomb. Um, and later on, it was weird because I got like um, maybe a 6th, 7th pick Prey Upon followed by a, a Center Courser. So I thought Green was sort of open. Um, I so but too, I was. Yeah, but. <laughs> right, right. So I was white, blue, green uh, in my first first pack. And then in the second pack, um, I got past Taloran, a second or third pick. So I thought blue, like I, I was open to the bank colors in pack one. So I thought blue was going to flow. But I think in retrospect, I think 
uh, Dan Jordan, who's a, a known SCG grinder, who was to my left, who passed me the Talaran. I think his friends told me he ended up in blue. Um, and and it sort of makes sense to me because there are some decks where Talaran is not necessarily that good. And and I ended <laughs> I up playing yours. a blue-white deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, IE Mines. I ended up with a blue-white deck with Talaran without enough instance of sorceries to take advantage of it so i think maybe my fatal mistake was thinking that dan jordan was feeding me blue and i should have just stuck with the green is going to flow in pack three plan and went with either green blue or green white so what do you think josh is like talaran pack like pick two or pick three i mean is this a big signal should i like well here's the thing like yeah um if if I've already, especially if I've already ent- dipped into blue a bit in ta- in pack one and had you know an inkling that maybe it's gonna f- at least be semi open coming from the right, yeah sure I'd take the tower end. But what happened after the tower end? So, I mean you're taking that tower end, but what you know what was pick four, pick five? Were there some uh, was there a continuation of that blue signal, or did you just say well I got pick three tower end, I'm gonna get eventually you know, pick seven and eight, I'm going to get something awesome in blue. Like, what happened exactly? I, I think I just, it just stopped. It, I mean, it, maybe I saw like a divination here and there. Like, yeah. in, I mean, that's what, uh, I, that's what like, I, I mean, especially after seeing your deck, like you, did, you didn't have very many good blue cards in it. Um, I just had a pile of encrusts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was, there was like two or three too many encrusts. <laughs> there were three, right? You had three? I mean, so, yeah, well, three. Yeah, right. I think two I is a, like borderline three. Uh, yeah, I think I had a late essence scattered or pack one or pick two, yeah. uh, pack one or pack two rather, and and it made me th- like essence scatter is really good. But uh, you know, I, the thing with essence scatter is that I agree, it's really good, but I don't think that that's the consensus. I think a lot of people under underrate essence scatter. Okay. And, okay. And right. So there's you know. Sometimes when you see that seventh pick essence scatter, it's not actually a a signal. And anyway, yeah. So I think like you know you take that tower end, but if you if you if you if you're not getting that follow up right away, I mean you already had. I don't know how deep in white you were, but I mean you had that green signal in pack one. In pack, like especially because you know if you're getting seventh and eighth pick, prey upon. Courser and Courser's really, really good in this format. Like that's an early pick in green, just just for lack of other, you know, anything on turn three in this format. Um, I, I feel like so, so. Josh, let me tell you more of the situation, like how big of a pickle I was. So, so like I said, pack one, pick one, Captain of the Watch, which is like my best my best card up to that point. Right. And like I see some blue, and obviously see green flowing. Um. Pack to pick one, the best card in the pack by far was Oblivion Ring. So I'm, I pair that with my Captain of the Watch, um, naturally. Um, and then I get past Taloran, and I'm like, what do I do? I have basically three, still three colors that I could really go towards, and, and you know that's what ended yeah. up screwing me. I, the other thing here is that, like, so you have these two really awesome white cards, but they were both first pick of a pack, like... How much white came otherwise? I think probably not good enough. I feel like I th- after the draft, I th- like really to my right, 
there was at least one white or two people that might have dipped in white and nobody in green yeah. <laughs> or blue to my right. Um, so maybe like like you said, the, my best cards were um, you know Captain and Oblivion packs that I opened myself. Yeah, and so like I mean, it's great to have access to that. And, and you can splash in the Oblivion ring, but yeah, I, I feel like you gotta be you gotta be careful with. Uh, you know, marrying that one pack, like even whether or not it's 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 your first pack, first pick, or even just this sort of outlying signal like the Talran, like you shouldn't see them pick three if blue's not open. But you don't want to you don't want to set your draft on that necessarily. And I don't know. I, but it's hard. It's, when, it's hard when they're they're like powerful, right? Yeah, like it's, if it's really, and, and you in my time, right? Like. I, just like something to put out there, like because I, I when I like when I draft, I'm drafting either online or like in an F and M setting or or a casual like someone's house setting. There's a big difference when they when they're you know there's someone on a microphone <laughs> counting down the seconds. Like that's that's a higher pressure situation. Like you don't have that much time to think about all these things. It's it's tough. So. Yeah, I'm. Like it, I don't want to marry. It, it's just hard to to not marry when they were by far my best cards, and and even though I might not get enough white later on, I still wanted to to use these powerful cards that would make up for the for the lack of depth. But um, I think at some point I had to. I mean, from my pack one read because I, I I got packed like past late acidic slimes in pack three that I just passed because I was in white blue. Yeah. And, you know, in retrospect, you know, I should have taken that signal, like, I mean, late Prey Upon, late... That's very, like, Corsair. I think that, that Prey Upon and Corsair was very, very valuable information that you had to make use of. Right. But, yeah. Um, but then it's, like, whether to go green-white or, or green-blue, that would have been interesting because of, uh, like, the Talran. I mean, like, uh, like, you know, one of my friends said that, you know, maybe, you know, it's not... That you shouldn't look at it as that big of a signal, even though in the right deck it's an absolute house. But uh, I mean, I in, in my deck, it certainly yeah, wasn't. Yeah, you, you have the only you had the only blue deck I've ever seen that it wasn't insane in. But <laughs> I mean, I think that's just a function of blue not being open. You didn't have the unsummons. You didn't, you know. I mean, I had to take it as a signal. Like, it's not like it was. Yeah, you had to take um, it as a potential signal. I don't think you right, had to take but, it as. You know the end all be all that's defining my draft. I, it's tough not to. It's. I, I mean, I'm saying this, but it's like hindsight's twenty twenty. It's not like if someone passed me like, um, I'm trying to think some ridiculous bomb. Like someone passes me Nephrox, and and I have to be like, oh, in retrospect, maybe he wasn't in black. Like, yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 a, it's a lot easier to talk about these things after the draft, and not you know. It's a lot harder to do that. That's insane. How could how could he pass yeah. that? But apparently yeah. he did. Um, so that that ended my day. Um, ended up with a blue white deck to just like, um, and and I haven't had, and I think Josh, you mentioned the reason why uh, I don't like white in this in this format that much because there's so many cards that that sort of do different game plans. And so what I ended up with was like a blue-white Flyers deck that also sort of had a, a mill, stall, the opponent backup plan. And it was just like not doing it for me. I mean, one game I had an Arctic Aven that was like... Because I only ran 10, 10 or 11 creatures. Arctic Aven that almost went all the way. But uh, when he went down to 11, 
he played his fairy invaders and traded with it. And then, like, I sort of ran out of the aggression. I, I sort of, you know, randomly became a stall deck. Yeah. And, you know, that's not good. Yeah. That's not I had a terrible deck. Yeah, no, I wasn't a fan of your... When you laid it out, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't your deck's biggest fan. It, it had good cards, yeah. though. Like, yeah, it did, it, did have, it did have good cards, and it, it had potential to steal some wins. I guess it just didn't happen for you, but... <laughs> like it, I, I don't think it was necessarily an 0-3 deck. It was a deck that went wrong, though, somewhere in the draft, right. and it's hard to pinpoint where, but... I think I could have won the last match. Basically, the, the guy was uh, a mono-black, all-in, tormented soul, Mark of Vampire, Dark Favor deck. I wish you beat him. He, just, uh, I would have, <laughs> he, definitely, he definitely earned his 0-2 record. <laughs> um... <laughs> It, it, all I needed was a, a double blue source, and, and you know my triple encrust was gonna punish that deck, yeah. like no tomorrow. But I just didn't get in one of the games the double blue where he had like Mark Vampire, Dark Favor, like he had everything on one guy, and I'm like, all I have to do is put this encrust, and it's basically game over because he's invested his whole hand on this one guy. But uh, it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> And in, in the third game, he basically, in one of the other games, he basically put it all on a pro-white guy, one of the knights. And I had passed with him in Oblivion Ring. And once again, I couldn't punish him yeah. for, for going for that strategy. But, you know, sometimes, like, if you're the other guy and you drafted, uh, like he said, he drafted poorly, you have to build your deck in such a way that you can win. And he did that to be. Yeah, that, I mean, that's fine. I, I'm not going to say he's, he's a horrible, like, that I totally understand. Like, you have drafts that... That don't go the way you plan, and you've you've got to you still have to you don't just fold like you know pack in the cards and leave you you give yourself the best chance to win no matter what that is yeah. So how did your day two go? What did you do? So I I entered this uh, TCG player one K sealed qualifier. That's a, this a huge long name platinum. I don't know. <laughs> It was yeah. So this it was a sealed tournament. It was like hundred and seventy players, I think. Um, and, uh, I did quite well. I, I made the top eight, won my first round of the draft, uh, thought we were going to split since it was stupid late, but one, you know, one idiot decided, no, his deck was good. Let's, let's all play it out. And, uh, lost a, lost a close match in, in the semifinals. Um, but yeah, I did, I did well. It was, I'm glad I, I'm glad I, you know, had a chance to redeem myself after not making, uh, Day two, and and as and like the draft deck. So I'm going to tell you about my draft deck because it was awesome. It was like it was my. It's like the favorite deck I've ever had. Even though there were some missing pieces and I made a few bad picks, um, it was it was a really cool deck. So is is it okay if I go into that right now? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Go into so, great detail, please. So pack one, pick one. It was it was a Sands of Delirium, which is um, I think an unpassable card. As a side note. Uh, it's 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 really really good, um, and so I, I I took that pack one pick one, uh, pick two it was a searing spear just like it was the best card in the pack and uh, pick three it was a weak pack with a diabolic revelation, and so I just slammed the diabolic revelation which was, it, as a side note I think is an underrated card to begin with but um, so that's that's the start of my so the start of my deck is. Sands of Delirium, Diabolic Revelation, Searing Spear, and so uh, well, as like as a side note, I noticed that there were two in 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 both the second and third pack. There were Farseeks, 
Um, and with the, in the experience I've had in Sands of Delirium decks, a sort of ramp style uh, deck works quite well. I've had I've had that online a, a few times, and and so I decided like let's 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 see what happens in in the in the first pack. Let's see if those far seeks wheel. I'm not going to commit myself to that, but you know I'm going to draft knowing that those far seeks might wheel, and if they do, I'll, I'll be in a very good position to draft that style of deck. And so they did wheel, and so let me let me cut to the chase here. So <laughs> here's here's I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of the cards from my deck, okay? Oh yeah, <laughs> there, there there was a seventh. So there was a seventh pick, a Chroma's Memorial, which is which is fine. Like I don't think you know that's that's a a travesty. It's, it does cost seven mana, but what it does tell you is that the other players at the draft table are not interested in doing these big, expensive, powerful things. So I thought it was like, I have a Diabolic Revelations in my pile, a Sands of Delirium, and a Chroma's Memorial. If those far six wheel, I'm in, in position, you know, to, to, to maybe have a, a wow. really cool ramp-style deck. And, and, and it's something I've, that I'm glad I've had experience with online. So I, was, I, knew, I sort of knew what I needed, what are the pieces that I needed to make that kind of deck work. So um, next card... Uh, so I, I opened up a Krenko in in uh, pack two, so that just you know went in my win condition list of win conditions, um, and I had a Dustdale Worm, uh, you know, big rampy creature. Um, it's it sort of I, I so I didn't quite get enough big big guys, so I also had to play a Phyrexian Hawk, which you know. It's not exciting, <laughs> but when you ramp into him, he's still a big body. <laughs> and so here's here's a card, and you're, you're gonna like this. Uh, I was playing a Boundless Realms, so it's funny because wow. because we were talking about this card the night before, right? At like right, right. at like one in the morning or whatever, at, like at this 24-hour <laughs> diner, and um, I, I it came pack three. I t- it was pack three, pick three. And it was in a pack with Ranger's Path and Centaur Courser. So, like, I was debating taking the Courser and wheeling one of the two, but I decided that for my deck, I think I just wanted both of them. So I took the Realms and wheeled the Path, and, and, and that worked out quite well for my deck. And so, like, just to talk about Boundless Realms, and, like, for one, one second, like, the card is really, really good in the right style deck. Like, in this ramp style deck, it's really good because if you if you like what you're trying to do is you're trying to you know ramp into like a six seven or eight drop that does something very powerful for you and really in this kind of deck there's when, where like you have a lot of high impact cards taking every land out of your deck is really really nuts because your draw steps become so much more it's it's kind of like you know like you can compare this to you know Alex's miracle deck right. Like your draw right. steps just become so much more powerful than what your opponents are doing because you have no lands in your deck and you have all these high impact spells, and so it was really really good. Uh, you just you 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 if you can cast it like turn five or six with seven lands in play, you're gonna have a tough time losing that game. Um, so the, 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 there was that, and then and so beyond that, like my ramp package was three far seeks and a ranger's path, as well as an arbor elf. And then I had some defensive guys like Double Recluse, Crimson Muckwaiter. I was like, I was Jund, right? Um, <laughs> I had the Beast Tracker to search up either rec- the Recluse or the Seven Seven Trample. Then I had a removal package of Flame, Searing Spear, Turn to Slag, 
And that, that's pretty much the deck, and a few other you know utility creatures, Elvis Visionary, Ravenous Rats, stuff like that. It was a re- and I had a wild, I had a wild guess, which I wish I drafted a second one, but because wild guess was really good in the deck. But yeah, yeah, it was a really, really cool deck. It played out really well uh, in both in both the rounds I played it, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was a really, really fun way to end the uh, tournament, playing sort of a fringe strategy that uh, you know I, I thought was really, really good. And yeah, fringe. Well, it's pretty fringe. I mean, it sounds like so awesome. It is. Like, it, it sounds like a deck that, you know, it almost sounds like, oh, I wish I could build this and construct it and play yeah, this. Yeah, I know. It was, <laughs> it was an awesome, awesome deck. Uh, it, was, it had a few p- missing pieces, but, like, um, yeah, no, I, I, what, I, what I mean by fringe is, like, nobody's, nobody's you know, going in with a plan of, I'm going to draft a ramp deck in my, you know, top eight draft. Like, you know, maybe in the, you know, in a, in a for fun draft online, but, you know, I'm not going to try this. You know, with four hundred dollars on the line, and but you did. I did. I, I well, I'm not. A, <laughs> this is this is something that you know I that you know I sort of take pride in 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 my, in my drafting. And anyone who watches my videos knows this. I, I I try out a lot of stuff online, and some of it works, some of it doesn't work at all. But um, it's really, really, it's a really good tool to have to know what kind of you know strategies that seem fun and powerful, but you know, which ones work, which ones you can expect to work, which one you can expect to get the pieces for. Like, for example, you know Ranger's Path is always wheeling. You know that. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's in, if, if, you, if you know that and you, and you have experience knowing that a Ranger's Path deck can be very good, that's, you know, you don't want to be trying it for the first time when $400 on the line, but I'm glad I've tried it before and I know it works. So... Yeah, that, I mean, it, I, I'm just, that's what I mean by fringe. I mean, this is not the kind of thing that, that, that a lot of people try on, on a regular basis. Um, is it fair to say, Josh, that like a lot of things that you're ramping to, uh, towards are like the 7 7 are in commons? Is there like a common that is good that you could ramp I into? I wish I had a Vastwood Gorger. I mean, he's not insane, but he's <laughs> bigger than anything else when you. Put him up, play him on turn four or five. Um, but but my question would be like, like really, is there pro- you probably need like an uncommon or like a rare to give you yeah, more yeah, of a yeah. reasons to go that yeah, down, no, down no, that I path? I would not. I would not enter this strategy if I didn't start my my like I didn't start with Sans Diabolic Revelations pick three. Like no, you need a reason okay. to go into it. You're not just like seeing the Rangers path pick two pick like oh, this Rangers <laughs> path and pick three and pick four. They're gonna wheel. I'm all in. I'm gonna fifth pick a far seek. No, don't do that. You you need you need a reason first. And right, by and the time I, I can't had, think of any. I had three things. I had Sans, Diabolic Revelations, and Chroma's Memorial by pick uh, seven. Like by that time, like okay, yeah, I, I have enough reason to to you know to move in on this and just go all in. And you know, I started taking like recluses really high because you need something early to stall them out, and you know. Right, because I can't think of like a common, that an underrated common that you could draft in the strategy. So it's really like something that when the rares and commons line up right, that you have the strategy in your yeah. back pocket. Although um, <laughs> there are like there are uncommons, like even though they're uncommon, nobody takes them. Like you know, J- like Jamday's Tome is is really good in this style deck. Um, I would have liked one, for example. Um, like, the, the, like it's not a, it's not 
it's an uncommon, so you're not always going to see him. But there's, you know, there's a number of cards like that that just get passed around. Even like Dustdale Worm, like nobody's taking this high. So if it does get open, there's, you know, there's enough of them that you know you're, you're probably going to find something else. But even so, like you know, it, it kind of sucks if you start the pack when you have you have Sands Revelations Memorial, and then you see nothing else. But usually, you will see at least a few other, you know, game breakers that are that are expensive. You know, because there are some <laughs> uncommons that other people aren't interested in. Anyway, yeah. So, I, I'm really looking forward to play something like this uh, at, at some point. I'm going to try to draft and, and hope to run into into this, like run into the opportunity to. Yeah, run this you got deck. it's 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 you got to do enough drafts in order to see it, but like you will you uh, there, I, I, like it it will it will come up if if you have your eyes open for it, it will come up. And and like I'm not saying to draft this over, you know, if if like nuts blue black deck is open we'll just draft that that's that's fine but like <laughs> i really wasn't getting like like when i took diabolic revelations it was over literally like a bunch of garbage and you know like it's this sort of just fell this this deck sort of fell into my wrap and I, and I and i stand by like being totally correct to move in on it because there was just nothing else cohesive that was being you know that was being passed to me i was i wasn't passing up really good cards to take these you know interesting in one ones it was just the way it, it worked out uh as, as a side note the one card i was and, and this is why I, I i think i lost in the semifinals is i didn't i didn't draft a, a duress and i had a couple opportunities and the reason i wanted duress is because i i, I only have a, a, a limited number of like really solid win conditions and uh they're fragile to things like negate and naturalize or smelt i got blown out that, so i lost game I lost game. Uh, wow, you got smelted. <laughs> combat with Necroma's Memorial. That was brutal. But, like, you know, like, because the game gets drawn out. So, like, if they just have one in their sideboard, like, I had actually literally seven cards in my library left because I had Boundless Realms and whatever. And I, you know, I, I, fi- I, I draw my Necroma's Memorial. He, we're, we're in a stall. I slam it on the table and, you know, Swing in. I wasn't even. If I was thinking, I should, probably could have played around the smelt and had another draw step. But he smelted me because it was sitting in his hand. Because you know he was down to twelve cards or whatever. Because the game went so long, and and he so yeah, he was ready for it, and he smelted me and killed me on the next turn. Uh, had I, I had I drawn the other artifact, had I drawn my um, sands of delirium, I would have just. I had sixteen lands on the table, so I would have just put it down, milled him for thirteen and won. I think he had like. Ten cards in his deck at that point, so or twelve cards in. His, I don't know. I, I we cast it after, and, and Sands would have done it. But uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was it was a fun. It was a fun deck. It was and it was really it was really good and powerful. So yeah. But yeah, dress dress would have been especially with Diabolic Revelations. Like Diabolic Revelations for like four or five included dress, and you can't lose. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, people like when you ramble about your decks, Josh, it's fine. Um, is there anything else you want to add on your day, your awesome day two TCG event? Yeah, um, Black Ring is nuts. So Green Ring Yes, black absolutely ring. nuts. So, so like, you know what, because I, I was green-black again in my sealed pool. Um, it was a bit of a different de- style of deck. It, was a, it, it had a different game plan. But, like, you know what the biggest difference was? Is I had a Mark of the Vampire, which is also the nuts. So Mark the Vampire and a Black Ring and, and I just I, I won 
countless games. Sometimes with both of them, sometimes it's just one of them. Like with both of them, it's just like they have no outs. <laughs> like, like I had, I had a, uh, I had a just a mark of the vampire. Uh, whatever I, I was thinking, there's a blood hunter bat with a with a black ring on it, and you know they just can't kill it. They use like three removal spells as just to tap it down so they don't die. But you know they, I couldn't lose the game. Like both these cards were were especially in sealed, they were really, really, really good. Um, yeah, and they steal. They can just steal some wins. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do want to mention, like, I also, on day one, uh, was definitely stalled by a black ring, and I think that that's the only ring that I, like, it's not even that it's the best ring, it's just, like, uh, in another tier, I think, uh, in my evaluation. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you agree. It's but like it's on, on another tier of its I, own. I, from now on, will probably not be main decking any other ring, unless I have, I ha- I'd have to have a really really good reason like my deck sucks and I have to steal a win or something I don't know like the, it's the only to me it's the only ring that actually does something because you can use using move it around use it on offense use it on defense it's it's really tough to break through a black ring I and I would drafted if like I'm really into black I think I would draft it fairly highly whereas the other rings I would just like pass there there I'm gonna diverge a little bit I don't I'm not I'm not convinced it's insane in draft it's still very good okay in draft okay you're yeah. right you're but right. In, in sealed it's it, it oh it's so good it's it's <laughs> black ring and mine rot remember guys <laughs> um, but yeah uh, uh, that that was that was about it. Like I played, I played a lot of Magic this weekend, <laughs> and I and I and I'm like, this is coming from someone who plays a lot of Magic. It's like I'm play a lot online, but it, yeah, it just yeah, that's not news. A lot more than normal. Like it's just, it's such a grind. Like I played nine rounds on Saturday. I played ten rounds on Sunday. I played like seven rounds on the Friday because I, I did some grinders and did okay in them. So, like, the original plan, uh, after talking about our experience, was to answer some of the questions, but I think we're we're getting, like, over... We're like, every episode's getting longer and longer, <laughs> so we're going to move those questions to next... Some of those questions to next week with Kenji on. So, I just want us to do... To, to answer one question that was asked in the forum, but you already answered, but, you know, just answer on the show again, which was by Karna99, who wants, like, advice on how to travel... Cheaper, I guess. And uh, oh. since you already answered on the forum, I'll go first. And it sounds like he's talking about mainly a flight and a hotel. And I think the key thing here, um, as you mentioned, Josh, is is to be able to find people to go with. I mean, if you go with three other people, you're dividing that cost into four, uh, especially when it comes to driving there, getting a hotel. Um, but if you're flying... I mean, um, it's going to cost you a lot. Like when I flew to Atlanta with Alex Hain, um, it cost us like 582 584 uh, That's a lot of money. And uh, we found, a, uh, I have a friend, online friend, that allowed us to stay at his place and has allowed us to save money. But uh, if you're going to fly from Canada to the U.S., you know, be prepared that you're probably not going to 
you know, make that money back at the GP. Yeah, it has to be something um, you really, you know, you want to do. You want to be there. You're going to enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Make sure you enjoy yourself. But, like, yeah, that's that's more of a vacation, not like a, a regular plan to go to every every GP. I mean. Right. Yeah. Um, if you want to save costs, though, what we did for Columbus, um, what uh, Frank, one of my friends, Frank, decided to do for our car um, for a trip to Columbus, that the flight that cost us, uh, I think it was between 100 to 200 which is very cheap. And how we were, we were able to accomplish that was by driving down to the U.S., to Albany, and taking the flight from Albany to Columbus. And, you know, that that's what kept... Um, the money way the cost way lower than it should be and you know that's that's the things that you should consider but really uh road trip try to try to go to the ones that you can road trip to with four people and like three other people like ideally if you have a small car do not go five it sucks to be the guy sitting in the middle in the back uh, especially if you don't switch or let the, him like get a break to sit in front or something because your ass like <laughs> it hurts so much. I've been that guy because I'm like the nice guy who's willing to volunteer, uh, you know, in, in a car with four other assholes. But um, <laughs> I'm telling you now, like, <laughs> so um, any additional thoughts uh, t- to add to what I said, Josh? Uh, no, I, no, I, I com- mean that's that's there. about it. Like, uh, yeah, splitting the hotel cost, and even if like, because I know. You know, four people in the hotel room is not necessarily for everyone, but you can even just, you know, even when you go two, three, you can get a cot, or or even like four and, you know, splurge for, you know, a, a, like a, a suite or whatever. Like, just splitting the cost is, is, is what, really what you need to do. And, yeah, try to drive. Like, I don't think, I, I know that uh, Travis from the forums, he did a 14-hour drive to the GP. I don't think I can handle that. Um, because the GP is a grind enough, and adding a a really grindy fourteen hour uh, drive is just, I think, a little bit uh, out of what I I would be. It would just take away from my enjoyment, I think, at that point. But like, yeah, it, try to plan it far enough and ahead so that you can make these plans. You can get the good hotel rates. You can get. I mean, even the flight rates. Like, if you know you're going in four months, you can. You have a lot of time to shop around and, and sometimes you get deals when it's that far in advance. Um, yeah. Right. Or, or like, I mean, I've, I mean, it's kind of hard to sort of tell other people to do that. Like I've had the advantage of, uh, no sort of knowing, you know, it's kind of creepy, I guess, like knowing online people around the globe to like stay at their place for the first time. You don't really know them, yeah. but I've had the, I've had the luxury of, um, like my friend David Mantle lived in Atlanta and he's been my editor for Man of Pride for like the past two years. So that, you know, I was willing to, to go there, but you know, not everyone's going to have that same type of situation. Yeah, you, uh, but I mean, like, yeah, you realistically, I mean, you gotta, even if you don't know that many people who, who, if, if even in your play group, there aren't people who are willing to go to GP, you know, try to get down to the local shop, meet some people there and, yeah, you know. definitely. I mean, I went. And, I mean, it wasn't that long where I just met up with John Stern again. Met you and like me, you, John Stern, Andrew. We all went down to Syracuse together, and you know we shared the cost. And so you it know, was a blast just, too. Yeah, you know it, it helps. It helps <laughs> when when you have a car of of people you can get along with. 
And... <laughs> Especially since I, I like to make Josh laugh with my with my anger, <laughs> um, and, and like it, it just happens. Like me and Josh are good friends and, and friendly rivals because uh, I just want to show the draftmagic.com people <laughs> I'm the real deal. Um, but uh, oh yeah, the last tip I want to do uh, I would bring is you know most most of the time if you're going to be in a room with three other people. You know, one of them is going to snore, uh, including me. I'm going to snore sometimes. I am the worst. And, like, earplugs is D-Tech. And, uh, it, you know, it started when, you know, my sister and I would go to trips and, and she had to buy earplugs. And she told me they were awesome <laughs> to uh, fade out my snoring. So, um, I recommend it. Like, definitely remember to buy them. Definitely put them on your checklist. I know you guys won't. And you guys will think about me when the guy next to you starts snoring really loud. I promise you that's going to happen. If you ever, if you ever room happen. with me, um, bring like two <laughs> pairs of earplugs because <laughs> I, I have a bad, bad reputation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Andrew was like, oh, man, I felt like punching you in the <laughs> <Yeah>. face. <laughs> uh, I got woken up like three, four times in, in Boston. Just <laughs> I was making everyone miserable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> earplugs. Or, or I mean, I think at that point, Josh, you have to buy them, like, to give them to, to buy like people plugs to. I'm probably, I'd probably suffocate, actually. I don't know. That. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, uh, last episode we did a crack pack, and uh, the pick was obvious. Disciple Bolus, not close. I, I don't even remember the pack um, because I never write it down, and we should, and I keep saying we should, but it wasn't close. It wasn't interesting. So, for this week, I'm gonna open another pack and let's see what we have uh once again josh and i will comment along with kenji uh next episode but here we go let's hope for something <laughs> decent sun petal grove it doesn't start good blood reckoning prized elephant public execution arbor elf dark favor divination griffin protector harbor serpent mog flunkies Ranger's Path, Reckless Brute, uh, Yeva's Force Mage, and Zombie Goliath. So um, on the line, now that we've opened three, is this Sun Petal Grove, a door to nothingness, and a Disciple of Bulls. And another really, really interesting... Uh, hey, I won't make any comments, but really interesting <laughs> choice. <laughs> I mean, maybe people can comment on what their second and third pick. I think that that is somewhat interesting actually. Sure. Once you pass the obvious card. Um, bonus so. points for that. <laughs> bonus points for that. Um anything you would like to add? We're going to have to end this like epic long for for people man, bonus points for people who have made it this far to listen <laughs> to us brag about our our GP Boston weekend. Yeah, oh, it was fun, yeah. Yeah, so if you're jealous, yeah, go to the next one. It was, it was good. <laughs> and that's, that's it. All right, guys. Uh, see you next time, and we'll have Kenji back next time. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>